I uh, had the privilege of being over with Moet and Shobna and the group that uh, is, is meeting in their home before they launch out as a site sometime in the first few months of 2023, and uh, was speaking with them about Christmas and going to be giving a similar message to us today. There's a couple of scriptures that we're going to look at today about Christmas. But I, I want to start by just, you know, as I was praying this morning for us, like, God, what, do you, what are you doing today? What do you want to do? Because it's so easy for us just to fall into a pattern of things, right? And, and God just wants to remind us of his love. And that this season, Christmas, it's all about God's love. It's all about God's love for us. That's what it is, you know? And, and I'm going to start with that scripture in John 3.16. So I'm reading from... The book of John, it was written by the John the Apostle who had been with Jesus. And the Gospel of John here, I'm reading from the message version, which is a paraphrase of, of Scripture. Um, and Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message, he just did an incredible job of capturing the heart of what these Scriptures mean. So reading from verse 16 to verse 21. And it says, this is how much God loved the world, that he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By, belie by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Isn't that incredible? I'm going to keep going. But let's just think, by believing in Jesus, anybody can have a whole and lasting life. It's our, our faith that God would love us that much, that he sent Jesus. Jesus who, in this season, we are celebrating the fact that God was born in the most humble of circumstances. He was born, you know, in a manger. He was born not, you know, here's, here is God who could make whatever entrance he would want to in the world. And yet he chooses to be born, you know, in the humblest of circumstances. It's a representation of the upside-down kingdom, that how different God's way is from how the world would so often do things. And why did he do this? For love. He did it so that, so he, so that God would come, he would break in on our world, would come and live amongst us, would demonstrate what actually our life is meant to be like, and then would die Quite a terrible death, you know, so that we would be set free from the ravages of sin. We would be set free in our lives from that. That's what our faith is in. That's what we're believing in. We're believing in that Jesus Christ really was the Son of God, that he really was the perfect sacrifice, that he really, that what he did once and for all paid the price of sin for each and every one of us. And for those that don't know what sin means, basically what it is is that paid the price for rebellion or falling short or not doing things God's way, the very things that would separate us from God. And once and for all, what he did at the cross for us put us right with God. We have right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. That's what this season is all about. And that's what Christianity is all about. But we're in this season as we are, you know, there's, there's all the busyness, there's all the, 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 the you know, the stuff, the, the present shopping, the parties, the, all the different things. But 
Now, this year, God, it just the way the calendar worked, that we're not going to be meeting for a couple of weeks. And that's great, because it actually gives us time just to be, just to be with God. You know, in this season, as you have time off, not just from church, but time off from work, time off from different things, take time to just reflect on God's love for you. It says here, continuing on, that God didn't go to all this trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the the one-of-a-kind son of God when introduced to him. This is the crisis we're in. God's light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God's light and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth and reality welcomes God's light so the work can be seen for God's work it is. You know, it's, it's the, the standard thing in this world, and it's a standard thing in the story of Scripture. It's either self, we either believe that we are God, and that we're on our own, and we've got to do things our way, which by definition is pride, you know, and that's when we run. We don't, we don't want God's light to expose the fact that we're actually doing it on our own at times. You know, the world is, is like that, but it can happen in our own life as well. It's this incredible season of humility. And I'm going to read a scripture on that as well, but God demonstrated humility. You know, he demonstrated humility being born as a baby, coming and living amongst us. He didn't have to do it that way. It's how he chose to do things. And for us, Humility is, I don't need to make my own way. I'm not on my own. The same God that created the universe, that universe that is so far beyond our understanding, bigger than our wildest, you know, our, bigger than our wildest dreams, he cares about you. And he actually wants to partner with you. And God put order into this world. Right? He created everything about this world is ordered. You know, in, in how things happen, whether we're talking about seasons, whether we're talking about how things grow. He put order in this world. He said, hey, if you will do things my way, you are going to have this abundant life. You know, most of the world doesn't do things God's way. And so it's a world of stress and striving and, and pain. It's a world where, where, you know, when we don't do things God's way with really awful consequences, emotional consequences in our life, you know, financial consequences in our life, like so many different things. And we live in a world where greed is, is paramount, and it's just a mess. You've got war, sickness, disease, greed. You've got a system that's every person for themselves. I've got to make my own way. And yet the kingdom says, 
I'm to live for others. That when we all live for others, when we live for God's first, when we love his ways, and then we choose to love other people out of that, that man, the world becomes a completely different place. And the kingdom of God is something that we're to live in here and now. It's not a kingdom that like, we're waiting for. It's like, oh, when I get to heaven, then I'll be in the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom of God is God's rule over your life here and now. now it's, it's allowing him to be in charge. And going, okay, God, I want to learn to do things your way. I'm going to do things your way. And when we do that, that's when we start finding the true peace and the true joy that really exists, you know, from God. It's not just a belief in Jesus. Like, you know, it says demons even believe in Jesus, right? And so it's not just going, yeah, yeah, I believe Jesus is real. It's going, I believe Jesus is real, and thus I'm going to change my life to, to do things God's way, not the world's way. And in this season, you know, we can reflect on the humility of God. Look what he achieved. Look what he achieved. I love the the movie. It's a movie, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. And it's the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the first one, which is the most incredible depiction of what Jesus did for us, done in story form. Incredible, incredible Christmas movie. You know, to watch, it's got a bit of Christmas themes in it. But as you have some time, just to be reminded of what Jesus actually did for us. And uh, you are this royal priesthood, these amazing people. We are to be a light to this world. And we're a light to this world. We shine in this world as we do things differently than the world does. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8. Again, this is Paul writing. He's writing to the Philippian church. He's just been talking about, hey, be a community together. This is how you work together. If you really love Jesus, then be like-minded with one another. Again, I'm reading from the message version. I'm going to read verse 2 from 5 down to 16. It says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status, no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, becoming human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredible, humbling process. He didn't claim special special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth even those long ago dead and buried will bow in worship before Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. 
Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you, God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Do everything readily and cheerfully, not bickering or second-guessing. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. As Jesus said, you're a light to the world. You're a light to the world. Now, as we will live in humble obedience to God, as we'll we'll allow him to lead our lives, he has abundant life for you. You know, humble obedience to God doesn't mean, you know, a life of poverty. It doesn't mean a life of misery. It doesn't mean a life of pain. It means, yeah, the world may not understand. There may be people that don't understand. But actually, the life that we see God's people living from the Old Testament through the New is one of joy. It's one of abundance. You know, we see this, this, we see the Old Testament when people lived for Jesus, they had everything they needed. They were one of the wealthiest societies, actually, God's people. Why? Because God is not a God of poverty. He's a God that can create universes. He's a God that can create universes. You know, the thing is, though, is that we can get the wrong idea. Now it's like we've got to make our own way and make our own wealth. You know, we've, got to, we've got to do this by our own strength and our own ability. And so then it becomes, well, me against everybody else. We don't care about how our actions impact and affect other people. But Jesus demonstrated that you can live a selfless life. You can live a selfless life in the power of God. Jesus wasn't poor. There was nothing poor about him. He didn't live opulently. He was God. Yeah. And, but the idea that a life of obedience to God is a life of poverty is a lie. It's a lie. A life of obedience to God is one that's rich and full. That's one that you're not tied to, to material things. You're not tied to you know, uh, your emotions. You're not tied to other people's opinion of you. It's a life that's where what you're tied to is God. You know, And, and it's a life of going, God, what do you have for me today? How are we going to live this life? I don't mean that's like you get up this morning. Oh, today, God, you want me to be an engineer. Oh, tomorrow, you want me to be an accountant. I'm not meaning things like that. But it's the, as I go about my life, as I go about my day, God, what do you have for me? What steps do you want me to take you know, as I go about my life? Jesus did that. Grew up. You know, grew up. He started as a baby, helpless. Was there with Mary and Joseph, raising him. We don't know when Joseph died. We, you know, it doesn't say that in Scripture. We know by the time he started in ministry that Joseph wasn't there. You know, but 
So he grew up, his dad, his, his, his father on earth died. Mary was there still raising him. He became a carpenter. He lived a normal life. And then the time came when it was for him to minister to people. And the Holy Spirit came on him and he lived that life for three and a half years before he died the death he knew he was going to die as the perfect sacrifice for us. Here's the nice thing. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. You don't have to be. Right? So again, abundant life in Christ isn't a thing of, well, that means that I'm about to die. The thing that he says to die to is ourselves. He says to die to ourselves. The incredible thing is as we die to ourselves, then if it came to it, you would die because you know what's important. You know that it's not, a, it's not just about this life, you know, that we have eternal life with God. But the wrong thinking on that is, oh, well, you know, it's not about here on this earth. It's actually just about heaven. And the truth is, it's actually about this life now too. Right? We are bringing the kingdom of God here and now. We are meant to be the representatives of God into the world. And when we do that, when we take that seriously, man, then the kingdom of God begins to manifest. Then the kingdom of God begins to move. I was saying to the group on Friday night, when I first started in ministry, I felt like I had to do it. You know, it was an exhausting process. And it was a process that had to humble me. I had to become humble and realize that it wasn't me building the church. It wasn't that God was counting on me to make something happen. I had to become humble and realize, no, God, actually, you're the one that's, the, that's doing it. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. And that, that's amazing when we realize that because that's when we truly become free. When we realize that God is the one that's building our life, that God is the one going before us, man, it takes the pressure off in the most amazing of ways. I was sharing with them on Friday night, as I shared with you guys. We've got Paul coming from the UK, coming to, be, to help with youth and young adults. He's also coming to learn from us. And, you know, I don't, I don't have the details on where he's going to live. I don't have the details on the car he's going to drive. I don't have details on, you know, how he's going to fully get paid. But I know that God does. You know, if this was the first five years of ministry, I would be freaking out. I think even five years ago, I would be freaking out right now. Like, oh my gosh, how's this going to happen? I need to have everything in place. But I've watched God so faithfully take care of things that I can now go into a situation that God has spoken and go, okay, God, you're going to bring it about. You're going to bring it about without fear, you know, without needing to know the answers beforehand. And I pray that for all of us, that we would be in that place of peace with God, that we would know what he's saying to us, and that as we become at peace with what he's saying, we would, you know, be able to fully trust him that he's going to do what, God, what, what he wants to do. And we just need to get on board on that journey. And that's, that's amazing. And he wants to do that in your life. It's not that he's only doing that because, oh, oh, this is ministry and so God's going to take care of that. No, no. He wants to be like that in your life, in every area of your life. 
But this is then where we have to fully trust him. It's where we fully trust him. Where we invite Jesus into our life. You know, and most of us here in the room, I'm assuming, have. You know, but it's, that's a daily thing. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Which is, okay, picking up my cross daily means I'm, every day I'm humbling myself a little bit more. Every day I'm giving up. Okay, God, I'm not doing this in my own strength, and my own ability. I'm doing this with you. So it's not about my plans. It's about your plans. What are you doing? What are you doing? How do I follow you today? How do I, how do I walk with you today? But it's the safest journey any single one of us can be on. That we, like Jesus, would be humble with God and would allow him, humble to allow him to work through us to bring incredible change into this world. You know, God wants to work the supernatural through you. Isn't it amazing that God would want to heal people by you praying for them, but it's not up to you to heal them? Isn't it amazing that God would want to bless people through you by you speaking words of life over them, by you giving financially to people, like, that God would want to do so much through you. There's people that he has out there for you that, that, that he wants to bring to you so you can teach him them about him, right? That God wants to bring people into your life that you would be able to teach them about him. How? By going, follow me as I follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus. So guys, for the next couple of weeks, we may not be meeting together, but we are the church, so be the church everywhere you are. You know, Let God bring God encounters to you. Let him bring people to you. Love people. Love them well. Love your family. You know, Love those that would annoy you, because God says to do that. You know, so it's easy to love the people that loves us, love us back. The hard thing is loving people that you know, don't love us back. You know, love well those. And if you want to know the definition of love, just go to 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about the fact that love is patient, it's kind. It talks about a whole number of things. Love well in this season. Rest well. Lee and I and our family will be taking a couple weeks off from the 23rd until like the 6th of January. We'll be back here the, the weekend that we're open. We're not going anywhere. We're just taking some time to rest to, you know, rest and, and recharge, you know, I hope everyone will get some time over the season to rest and recharge. While you're resting and recharging, just remember that God loves you, and he likes it when you rest. You know, he needs, he, we have to rest, each and every one of us. So, Lord, I just pray a blessing over everyone here today. Lord, help us to walk humbly with you, that we would recognize our need and dependence on you. That we would realize and that you are you, you are God, and we are not. And that we have the privilege of walking with you, of partnering with you, and allowing you to lead our lives. That you want to bring about the best, you know, in us and through us into this world. And God, if you can create a universe, you can certainly take care of your children. Lord, may we remember that you say that, that you, you are a good father. And Jesus, as we 
celebrate this season, we would remember that you didn't come, as Eugene Peterson said, you didn't come into this world to point a finger at the world. You came into this world that this world would be saved, it would be redeemed, it would be set free because of what you did. And we thank you for that. So Lord, rescue us today from self-sufficiency, from believing that we have to do it all on our own, that we have to make our own way. And may we learn to grow in our trust and dependence on you. Amen.